Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Welcome back. It's a Monday morning. Here we are, the 17th day of August, and it looks like it's going to be a comfortable week as far as weather is concerned. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Thanks so much for joining us. Sunshine on the way today, 80 are expected. High Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details. He'll be joining us in about 15 minutes. A couple different things that we want to bring to your attention today. First of all, we want you to know that the folks in Washera County have come up with a very special virtual live auction that's going to allow you to fill your freezer with uh, beef, pork, and lamb. We're going to talk a little bit more about the details on that. If you don't uh, want to stick around, go to MidwestFarmReport.com. I've got them up now. Also up before 6 o'clock, the time is running out for you to apply for the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. I talked with Peter Barca, the Secretary of the Wisconsin Department of Revenue, about how things are coming this time around, and we're going to speak with him after 5.30. And also up before 6 o'clock, last week was the Wisconsin Livestock Expo, a chance for kids to show animals that would have otherwise been at the Wisconsin State Fair. But you know what? There are vendors not connected with food that are missing the Wisconsin State Fair as well, like our sheep and wool folks. Carol Black from Columbus going to tell us more about their new online virtual shop that allows you to connect with those artisans that you would have otherwise seen at the Wisconsin State Fair. So we've got a lot to try to get in the next 50 minutes or so. Grab a cup of coffee and hang on. With Johnson Tractor's brand new Case IH online parts store, you can order from your computer or your mobile device. Sign up for an account with Johnson Tractor and get free shipping on your first order. Johnson Tractor's Case IH online parts store is open for business 24-7, 365 days a year. Just log on at johnsontractor.com and click on the online parts store tab. Visit the brand new Case IH online parts store at johnsontractor.com. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. Well, so far, a lot of our crop progress reports or even just a drive through the countryside will show you that our corn crop is looking very good this year. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley. And Josh had an opportunity to check in not only with our corn growers on the local level, but also how we look on the national landscape. Yeah, that's right, Caitlin. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, where just down the road, the president of the Wisconsin Corn Growers, Doug Rebout, has been staying connected not only with what's happening with his uh, fellow farm fields in Wisconsin, his fellow corn growers, uh, he's also been working very hard to try to stay connected with what's happening on the national scene. You know, normally spring and fall, we have a lot of different fly-ins or a lot of different meetings out in Washington, D.C. that bring farmers face-to-face with their elected officials. Well, COVID-19 has definitely changed that. But Doug Rebout says he has been very diligent trying to make sure that he's still using emails, phone calls, and even virtual conversations to keep those policymakers in Washington, D.C. updated on the concerns that farmers have, be it about the crops or be it about how their farms withstanding COVID-19. He said the good news about 2020 so far is the crops do look good. Uh, down here in Chainsville, the corn is looking excellent. We've been getting beautiful rains. 
Uh, they look like they're forming nice years. It looks like it's going to be a really good year. That's what I was hoping you'd say because I watch the Crop Progress Report every single day and I look out my window when I'm driving home from work, but it's best to always ask a grower. So, Doug, in your position, you're talking with corn growers all over the state. Does it seem like one region is doing better than the other? Uh, pretty much everyone I've talked to is doing you know, good all around the state. Um, from different people I've talked to down here in the South central part of the state, uh, it is looking a little better, but overall it's looking pretty good all across the state. You know, there's little pockets that may not be looking so good, but overall it's looking really good. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting through the summer, but we're not completely done yet. So I don't want to let off the gas just at this exact moment. But, Doug, as, as weather begins to play more of a factor, what's going through your mind? Well, same thing as every year, you know, hopefully we keep getting those timely rains as those ears are forming and filling out and everything. And then next thing, it's one of those good problems to have is, you know, where are we going to go with the corn this year? Um, With the leftovers from last year and the ethanol plants, you know, slowing down because of the COVID, you know, there's the excess corn out there. So we're hoping if we have this really good year like it's looking, um, where is there going to be room to take it and store it? Good segue, because I'd like to ask you about some of the biggest issues that are facing Wisconsin corn growers at this point in time. Well, I mean, it's the same issues as always, you know, trade and everything. But like I said, with the uh, COVID this year, um, the ethanol plants were down and, you know, farmers all around are kind of looking and wondering you know, what's going on. So that's a big issue. That's not a legislative issue, but that's a big issue with the farmers. And so that kind of leads back to trade going, okay, we need to, you know, really hope that these countries that we have some trade deals with start taking corn. And uh, so we can, like I said, we can make room for it. So we really need to work on trade and um, getting the corn moving. As far as the association goes, what are the policy initiatives that you guys have been really focused on at the corn growers? Well, trade is always one of our number one things uh, that we're always focusing on. Trade infrastructure, you know, we're always working with the um, with our elected officials on from Washington, D.C., on the locks and dams on the Mississippi River because, you know, for getting products in and out for us, that Mississippi River is so important to us, and the locks and dams are so outdated that we need to improve those. And so, and if we, the more stuff we can send up and down the river, the more it helps our roads here in the state too, because we won't have as many trucks on the roads. So it's not just a river issue; it is also a road issue for us. And then, you know. Just like anything, we're looking at, you know, our clean water, our climate change, and everything else. But like I said, right now, trade and infrastructure are two of our big ones right now. Doug Rebout, the president of the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association, is on the phone with us right now. Doug, I'm curious what it's like to run a commodity group as such in the midst of a pandemic, like keeping people engaged. It's It's got to be semi-difficult. Well, with corn, you know, it's, corn isn't like a dairy thing where it's, you know, you have to deal with it right now. Um, corn is something that, you know, 
if you really deal with it in the fall is, you know, your big time that you're worrying about, worrying about, you know, what's going on. Um, but from the association side, it's something that we're looking at all the stuff all year. And so it's, it's a little different. Um, a lot more meetings with our elected officials from Washington, D.C., figuring out what's going on. But other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot of difference from the association side for me. I'll be, I'll be honest with that. As always, I admire the honesty. I was just curious because with some of the groups, there's checkoff dollars at stake, and the checkoff is not bringing in as much money. So, okay, well, thank you for that. And then you mentioned leaders in Washington. I heard rumors of a virtual fly-in. Yeah, every year um, the Wisconsin corn growers will usually take two trips out to Washington, D.C. We had one in March just as everything was happening. The day we left was the day that uh, they were shutting down out there, so we just got that one in in time. But then we also have one usually in July that we weren't able to have this year where we go out and it's our national meetings. So we do that, and then we go up on the hill and visit our legislators. So with not being able to do that this year, and just like everything else, it's turned to virtual and Zoom and all that, we're going, we're going to be connecting with our legislators and doing it you know, through Zoom or whichever meeting thing we keep going at the time. And so we can still have our visits with our legislatures. We won't have that personal face-to-face. But we still get to have those meetings, and that's kind of what the world has become nowadays. And so we're going to go and do what everyone else has been doing and keep doing those virtual meetings. Do you know a date for the virtual fly-in yet? That's still in the works. We haven't got all the details set up on that yet. Um, So as soon as we know, um, we'll probably be letting a few other people know. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask what it was like to go to Washington, D.C. on the very brink of the coronavirus pandemic really, really taking off. So, like, who, who did you meet with when that was all happening? Uh, it was good. When we're out there, we usually get to meet with pretty much every one of our elected officials. That We do go into every office, and um, majority of them we get to meet with our elected officials. Uh, if not, we're meeting with the staff, which meeting with the staff is just as important because they're the ones doing all that groundwork and, you know, finding everything out and then going and helping to advise the officials. So we know that that's just as important. But it, it was a little different this year because as we're out there and everyone's okay, you can't shake hands. Some offices you shake hands, some you fist bump, some you elbow bump. Um but we were still able to sit down with them and talk about our issues and what's going on and what's important to us. And that's one thing I can say about um, Wisconsin corn. And I've heard it from almost all the egg groups. When we go out there and talk with um, our legislators that we are met with, you know, they treat us with respect. We treat them with respect and we have really good relationships with everyone out there. Corn growers aside, for you personally, Doug, you had something really cool happen to you about a month, month and a half ago. You got appointed to the DATCAP board. So what was your reaction to that? Uh, when I got the call and asked if um, I would come and fill that seat that was vacated, I 
I was a little surprised, and I was very honored because to, to be asked by the governor to fill a seat on the board, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of humbling for that. So, like I said, I was very honored, very humbled, and I hope I can just come in and, you know, do a good job. It's, it's going to be a learning curve coming into it, but I, I've done that with other boards before, and I hope I can really add something to the board. There's not a doubt in my mind that you will. Doug Rebout, the president of the Wisconsin Corn Growers Association, also a corn grower in Janesville, Wisconsin. And as we just said, he has now been appointed to the board of the Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection, which is an enormous honor for Doug and the corn industry. More updates on your commodities and crop reports 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's been 65 years since Blaine's Farm and Fleet opened its doors, supplying feed, farm supplies, hardware, and auto parts at low prices to our customers. Today, we continue these traditions, offering brand-name products at everyday low prices. Right now in our ag department, get $2 off NatureWise 40-pound bags of layer poultry feed and pellets or crumble, or 50-pound bags of Safe Choice Senior Horse Feed. Pick up a 50-inch by 10-foot, 20-gauge, 6-rail utility gate from Balin. It's $75.99. Other Balin Fence products also on and check out our great selection of fencing materials, like buy one, get one 50% off on DARE insulators and accessories. Plus, get these great doorbuster values. 50-pound bags of Farm and Fleet Performance Dog Food or 40-pound bags of Farm and Fleet Original Cat Food, your choice, $19.99. And pick up a DeWalt 20-volt max half-inch brushless impact wrench kit on sale $2.99. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Staying connected, we're all finding new ways to do that, including my friends at McFarland. Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, where now you can talk or text them on their regular phone number, 608 643 3321. No matter who you want to talk to, parts, service, rentals, just text them at 608-643-3321. Pick which department you want to talk to, and they'll get back to you. Talk and text them today. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, here we are, 520 now as we get started on a Monday after a weekend that was both comfortable and a little challenging as far as the heat was concerned. Joining us now, Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, uh, live via Skype. Yeah, you know, it was it was not a bad weekend. It did get a little warmer than I thought, though, but uh, even yesterday. Yeah, a little bit warmer than maybe I guess I'd hope too, but... You know, it's August, and we have to expect it's going to be a little on the warmer side. I mean, that's where we normally are, still talking low 80s for normal daytime highs. And we very well know that August 
sometimes tends to be pretty warm and humid. Now, that's not going to be how this week starts out. A little cooler, a little less humid, sounding very fine indeed. But I have to talk about some sprinkly showers. There's been just a sprinkle of light rain in parts of central Wisconsin. Owashera, northern Winnebago County could be seeing just a few sprinkles this morning. A little activity down to the south, southern parts of Green and Rock County. Not a big deal, just enough to make it a little damp to start the day. And otherwise, high pressure is edging in. And that's the reason there'll be sunshine. And this will be a very nice day. That high is trying to push in again from the northwest. The cool front that dropped through here over the weekend still lingering down toward Iowa. That's why that little bit of a sprinkles around here and there. Otherwise sunny the next several days. Very fine indeed. We start to warm up. And in fact, around Eau Claire, I'd expect we start to see a small rain chance. Could even happen toward late Wednesday night. And then a little hit and miss type sprinkly rain tries to edge in out of the northwest. First affecting Eau Claire and then lacrosse by the end of the week. And the rest of us for the weekend ahead. That's when that next chance of rain begins to edge in. Right now, it doesn't look like a big rainmaker, but I think by the weekend, and in fact, already at this point of the week in some areas, a little rain wouldn't be a bad thing to see. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. All righty, 523. Stu, I think everybody's hanging on your forecast because you mentioned rain. Man, that Wyacena, Dalton, Partyville area, it's getting crispy and they're not alone. No, they're not alone. Uh, I think rain almost anywhere about now would be a good thing. You may have had a sprinkle this morning, but that's the end of the line. In fact, as high pressure settles in today, look for mostly sunny skies. And for a lot of us, we'll be around 80 or the very upper 70s. You know, 82 could be a warm spot. Winds gradually become northwest today about 5 to 10. We stay clear overnight in the mid-50s. The north winds at 5 to 10. Sunny Tuesday, upper 70s, under 80. The north winds ought to be about 5. And mostly sunny on Wednesday in the low 80s. As winds gradually become southwest about 5, I mentioned that small rain chance Wednesday night, Eau Claire, maybe late Thursday into Friday, then Eau Claire, Fond du Lac, Mauston, and toward the weekend at least some chance exists. So plan accordingly, Pam, but I even then don't expect it to be a lot of rainfall, but there will be at least a chance around here, especially to wrap up the week. All right. Good deal. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch you tomorrow. We'll do it. See you then. 
Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details you're looking for to start you off uh, as far as conditions are concerned. Good morning, Eau Claire. You're cloudy, currently sitting at 64 degrees. La Crosse, cloudy and 64. Mauston, cloudy and 64. Fond du Lac, clear skies, 59 degrees. Beaver Dam is clear and 59 at the airport in Madison. Partly cloudy skies, 63 degrees. Hey, one story you can see at MidwestFarmReport.com. College of Ag and Life Sciences has announced their 2020 Honorary Recognition Award winners, their Distinguished Service Award winner, and two alumni that will be recognized. Now, this year, because of COVID-19, nothing face-to-face, but instead the 2020 honorees will be recognized October of 2021. All the details on who are picking up those honors and their biographies at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Pride doesn't just appear out of nowhere. Like a healthy plant, a trusted relationship, or a successful business, it begins as a seed and grows. For farmers, pride grows out of knowing that the investment you put in the ground will pay big dividends come harvest. It comes with having a seed brand who shares your values and your drive to get the job done, who stands by your side and behind their products. Pride is what happens when you have confidence that you're taken care of, so you can take care of what matters. At Dairyland Seed, our pride comes in helping you grow yours, and we show it with hard-working seed and even harder-working people. We don't want you to simply choose to team with us. We want to do everything we can to make you glad you did. So when you plant that Dairyland Seed field sign on the side of the road, you can be proud of what stands behind it. Start growing your pride at DairylandSeed.com. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Educated mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. Interest rates are at all-time lows, and home equity is at all-time highs. You know what that means? You can save big money by refinancing your mortgage loan. Whether you want to just save a few hundred dollars a month, consolidate some debt, or get money for home improvements, now's the time to call me. Educated mortgage, the way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. And MLS Calm your nerves, clear your head, cleanse the palate. Happy hour, 4 to 7, in the sunshine, on the patio at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. This is how it's done. There are a lot of real stories about why surgical body recontouring can be a great option. Many come from Dr. Bartell's patients. 
I had people ask me what my boyfriend thought and what other people thought, and I told them that it really didn't matter what they thought. I was looking to be happy for me and how I felt when I looked in the mirror. I actually know someone else who's seen Dr. Bartell and seen her results, and I was very amazed by them. I really loved her results. Getting the surgery and having people actually view me. They said that that's how I should have looked all along, which to me tells me very natural. I do think that the shape of them and everything about them is absolutely perfect. Dr. Bartell changed my life, totally made me feel more feminine. It gives me a lot of confidence. He did an amazing job. What's your story? For more information on surgical body recontouring, go to drbartell.com. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces and fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. Would it be crazy if you packed your bags and left? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. All right, back to the Packers. Enough about bagels. Uh, we were talking a little bit out there about you know protocols. I think Zach and the Dells called in and saying, well, if they follow the protocols, why do we got to worry about you know the COVID-19 when it comes to the players? Well, Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach, did talk about that. So here you go. Yeah, I, I've got no indication that guys are are being reckless out there. I feel like we've we've really hammered home that message to make sure that they protect the team. I mean, that is a main rule of ours is is put the team first. And you know, I, I've got a lot of trust in the guys that we have in that locker room. We've got a lot of great character, and I think our guys are going to go about the business the right way. A lot of uh, he's he wants to say Packer people. He want, you can, it's on the tip of his tongue to say Packer people. We got him in our locker room. Uh, here's more from Lafleur on if he uh, is going to force his guys to wear the protective gear. Yeah, that's that's nothing that we're going to push on these guys. It, it, that that is their own individual choice. So I think that you know the guys are going to have to go through an experiment and and make sure that they've got uh, the protection that they feel is necessary to keep them safe and. Um, you know that, but but that is all on an individual basis. Now, was a Corey Lindsley come out to say that he's not going to wear the full face guard? JJ Watt said he's yeah, not going to wear the full face guard. There's been a lot of NFL players yeah. around the league that have been very vocal about that's not going to happen. The one Packer I know specifically is is Lindsley. Other than that, I, I maybe Bakhtiari said it as well. But yeah, they have this full face mask guard thing now to help prevent the spread of COVID nineteen. Uh, here's more from Lefle. So their first practice is on Friday, or I'm sorry, Saturday, tomorrow. Lafleur talks about 
having to socially distance during practice. Yeah, I mean, certainly we're going to try to remind our guys to keep their distance when they're not in there, whether it's in the drills or whether we're doing 11 on 11. So, but I think it will have a, a pretty typical feel to it. We just got to be mindful as as coaches to, you know, when when the players aren't in this specific drill or out there on 11 on 11 to to stay away from each other. So, imagine you're a coach in this situation when the Packers have their first practice tomorrow. You've gone through all the tests, you've gone through all the evaluations to allow the players and your coaching staff into practice. And then as you're in practice with all these negative tests and no one having the Rona, as you're in these practices, watching these guys block, tackle, go after each other, 11 on 11, they're in scrums, they're in dog piles. After those drills are done of them being in very close contact with each other, you then have to go make sure that they're socially distancing when they're not participating in the drills where you're dogpiling on each other? How does that make any sense? I have no idea. I, maybe they're, maybe he's talking about once they leave Lambo or they leave practice facilities. Yeah, I mean, certainly we're going to try to remind our guys to keep their distance when they're not in there, whether it's in the drills or whether we're doing 11 on 11. So, But I think it will have a... a pretty typical feel to it we just got to be mindful as as coaches to you know when when the players aren't in this specific drill or out there on 11 11 to to stay away from each other it sounds like when they're on the field not never, outside of lambo never mind i take that back <laughs> that that was definitely when they're not doing the 11 on 11 or one-on-one drills or you know etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't have an answer it, it, no one does it's because it's stupid it doesn't make any sense <laughs> It's, that's one of the dumbest maybe things I've ever heard. Maybe he's talking about outside of Lambo. You play the next clip. Well, you know when they're in in practice, we don't want them next to each other unless they're in the drill. How does how? I just how does it make? It doesn't make sense. They're actually maybe this is a new thing in the NFL. Maybe they could actually look to extend the football field. You know how uh, last preseason when the Packers were in Canada and they played the Raiders. <laughs> You know how it was shortened to 80, feet, 80 yards? Yeah, because of the stupid hole in the ground? Yeah, it wasn't as wide as it normally is. Yeah. Maybe this season, COVID season, the NFL looks to actually extend the field, Whoa. make it wider, make it longer. There you go. Splits between offensive linemen have to be at least three yards. They'll just have huge. No, it's got to be six feet, Rowdy. Think of the gaps for the line. The line comes out there, and there's just giant six feet gaps between each guy. Rodgers is like always in shotgun as far back. They'll get the ball snapped to him, but as he's catching it, he's got a glove on his hand. He catches it with his glove hand. The other hand, he takes out a bottle of Purell, all over the ball, wipes it off, and then he drops back to pass. And then when Devontae Adams catches the ball, Devontae Adams will catch it. He's got gloves on because he's a wide receiver. He'll catch the ball, and as he's running, he'll take out another bottle of Purell, wipe the ball off as he's going to the end zone. You know how they... uh... Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, 535 now on a Monday morning, 17th day of August. We're chatting with Peter Barca, Secretary of the Department of Revenue, before 6 o'clock. Remember, the clock is ticking now on the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. If you didn't qualify or forgot to sign up the first time around, uh, your window of opportunity closes at midnight, basically, August 24th. Uh, the pace of the calls this time around has been pretty good. We're talking with Secretary Barca about that in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Yankee.
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So, 17th day of August. On this day in 1936, Wisconsin issued its first unemployment check. Now, think about it. 1936 uh, was kind of in the middle of World War II, coming to uh, the end of the Depression or kind of right in there. So, a lot of upheaval in the world. The first check of unemployment in Wisconsin was for $15. What I think is interesting is they say that the recipient was Nels Rudd, who sold it to Paul Rashenbush for $25, a historical value. The check is in the Wisconsin Historical Society. Also on this date in 2008, Michael Phelps earned his eighth gold medal in the 2008 Olympics. He uh, basically surpassed American swimmer Mark Spitz at that time. And happy birthday to Robert De Niro, actor. He is 77 years young today. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that yesterday wrapped up the last of the Wisconsin State Fair food drive through experiences. Wisconsin Livestock Expo wrapped up on Friday. A lot of those adjacent uh, activities that were created to try to take the place or give us the feel of the Wisconsin State Fair have concluded. But the pain of missing that Wisconsin State Fair experience has not Let's remember there were a lot of vendors that would normally have been at the Wisconsin State Fair, and that includes those fiber artisans, small businesses that would have been in the sheep barn at the Wisconsin Wool Works booth. The Wisconsin Sheep Breeders Cooperative has decided that they want to try to continue their promotion of local fiber artisans and small businesses through a brand new website, WisconsinWoolWorks.com. I talked about it on Friday with Carol Black from Columbus, one of the organizers and coordinators behind the Wisconsin Wool Works experience at the Wisconsin State Fair and the website. And she said it's all about making sure people that would normally look forward to that interaction at the Wisconsin State Fair can still find the real deal only online. The shows that are at the State Fair are places that you go that uh, people just buy. I mean, they come prepared to buy. They and they have fun buying. Uh, they find new things. So uh, it has always been a good, good show for me and for the rest of the vendors that are at the uh, Woolworths. You know, and I think sometimes people forget it's not just about the item and knowing the quality you're getting, but it's that face-to-face interaction that you may only get once a year. Right. Because they could see the vendor's actually knitting and spinning and weaving and felting. And so then they could talk to them, and then they could go in and see their product. And that helped a lot with sales because uh, you know it's done locally. You know it's done in Wisconsin, and you're helping Wisconsin people. And uh, that contributed a lot to the sales, that actual seeing people do the work that is involved in producing some of these items that were for sale. It was a 20-by-20 building that opened up into a courtyard, and then in the courtyard is where we had all the demonstrators, but it was right next to the sheep office. Mm -hmm. So if you came for the show, it was right there, right in the center of the sheep barn. You know, that's the other thing that we're missing. It's not just about the quality products, but it's the educational aspect that the Wisconsin Sheep Breeders brought to the State Fair and and a lot of non-farm folks that probably got an eyeful and an earful while they were there. Right, and the kids really liked it, and a lot of them took to, uh, they were able to pick up the knitting needles and knit, and they were able to sit down and spin. Um, 
the felting lady really got the kids involved in doing felting pads and balls and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yes, they, they are missing that part and that education, which is so important to our industry. You can't replace that face-to-face experience, but we're trying to allow for folks to get those great quality goods. Again, that's Carol Black with the Wisconsin Sheep Breeders Cooperative coordinating an online effort for some of those vendors that normally would have been at the Wisconsin State Fair Sheep Barn. WisconsinWoolWorks.com. WisconsinWoolWorks.com. In overnight electronic trade this morning, markets are actually very firm. I think traders are finally starting to get a little handle on all the damage done and the financial damage done to farms in Iowa after that radicchio. In overnight trade, December corns up three and three quarter cents at three forty one and three quarters. November beans are up eight and three quarter cents at nine oh seven and a half. September wheat a nickel stronger at five oh five. July new crop wheat up a nickel five twenty nine and three quarters in overnight trade. Friday in Chicago, barrel cheese was unchanged at one fifty. Forty pound block cheese had a twelve cent gain on nine trades to one eighty two. Double A butter was up three and a half cents on one trade to a dollar forty eight and a half per pound. September milk up thirteen cents right now at seventeen oh one. October is up a nickel at seventeen forty one as we roll our way into a Monday. Madison's College of Ag and Life Sciences has announced their twenty twenty honorary recognition award winners and their distinguished service award winners. But they are not going to be recognized this year outside of name. They will instead be recognized October 21st, 2021. So congratulations to the Honorary Recognition Award winners, Mitch Brunig from Roxbury, a big leader with Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin, and right now uh, acting as the coordinator for a lot of the information on the Dairy Innovation Hub. Also, Al Gunderson, who is an animal scientist and uh, leader at Vita Plus. So those two picking up the Honorary Recognition Award. Also, Distinguished Service Award going to the former dean of the College of Ag and Life Sciences, Elton Aberley, and the Distinguished Alumni Award to Max Rothschild, an animal geneticist, and Claire Hushka-Sink, who is a professor from the life sciences side of the College of Ag and Life Sciences. So there you go. Those people to be recognized coming up October 2021. But remember, you can find out more about each and every one of those honorees and distinguished service winners on our website now, MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. And remember, when you're on that website, MidwestFarmReport.com, you also get an opportunity to listen back to previous shows, as well as some of the great interviews that Josh, myself, and summer intern Emma Jorgensen have been bringing for you. Just take a look. MidwestFarmReport.com for all those details. All right, coming up next, time is running out for the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. We'll talk about it next with the Secretary of the Wisconsin Department of Revenue, Peter Barca, our Monday guest. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Johnson Tractor asks you to close your eyes. Now, imagine the perfect flow of grain from the field to the bin. Imagine a single rotor that ensures both quality and productivity. And think about an advanced system that optimizes harvest settings on the go. But you don't have to imagine. With features like AFS Harvest Command, an Axial Flow Combine from Case IH, and Johnson Tractor always delivers the perfect flow for your operation. Your new Case IH Combine is waiting for you at Johnson Tractor in Judah and Janesville. Johnson Tractor from land to lawn. Trivia time. What does a thirsty badger, spicy green goddess, and wave runner have in common? They are part of the summertime drink menu at Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg. The restaurant and patio are now open. Enjoy some of this Wisconsin weather on the outside patio, sipping on one of the summertime drinks from Thirsty Goat while enjoying a basket of ribs. Chicken wings, burnt ends, that's the crispier corners of the brisket. There's smokehouse favorites from the prime brisket, pulled pork, kielbasa, or enjoy a delicious salad while you're enjoying your summertime drink with Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg. Over these past few months, they've done a great job with the curbside checkout to go orders, and that will continue. During the reopen, add Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg for your next lunch or dinner. And hey, if you're planning a business lunch or a graduation celebration, check out their to-go menu for those options as well. It's all online at thirstygoatbrew.com. When the doctor said mama wasn't going to get better, I didn't know what to do. I've never been through this before, and I'm not ready. My brothers want to help, but how? I keep thinking, how will we get through this? A Grace will help with kind, capable caregivers at your door who know how to handle the tough moments ahead. A Grace, hospice and palliative care. When you don't know where to turn, call us. A Grace will help. Here we use a lot of F words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Aha, I got you with that one, didn't we? And we're rolling towards 6 o'clock on a Monday morning. Well, we are rolling towards the proposed deadline for the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. Uh, The Department of Revenue has been doing a great job of coordinating questions and giving answers to farmers all across the state that want to apply for a portion of that assistance. Last week, I had a chance to catch up with the Secretary of the Department of Revenue. That's Peter Barca. I want to remind you again that the program closes at 11.59 p.m. on August 24th. The website, Revenue. .wi.gov not only has questions and answers for you, but it also has the form that you need to fill out to apply for the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. If you don't have access to the World Wide Web, we're finding that fairly common for a lot of uh, rural folks. You can call the Wisconsin Department of Revenue at 608 266 2772. 608 266 2772. After just three days of applications available through the Wisconsin Farm Support Program, Secretary Barca told me that they had already received 2,138 additional applications to go along with those farms that received money the first time the program opened. Boy, it sure has, Sam. It's been uh, just remarkable. Uh, you know, we, our, our staff has just been very enthused about working with farmers across the state. People can call directly, 608-266-2772. They've actually filled out the forms for farmers when they do not have access to Internet. It's just been tremendous. And the range of farming 
uh, and farm interests, uh, uh, various crops uh, has been fascinating too. Of course, as we might guess, uh, you know, dairy uh, continues to leave Wisconsin. The last round, there were 4,700 applicants that qualified for aid. Uh, second, uh, no, no, uh, no surprise here. Corn farming with 2,267. Uh, third was beef and cattle ranching with 1,632. But, but the range is remarkable from. A couple in tree nut farming to mushroom production. There are a couple mushroom producers to um, um, nursery and tree production. People might not think they could qualify there, but there were nine people that did. Uh, chicken egg production, turkey farmers, of course, uh, sheep, goat farming. Uh, you know, 44 goat farmers and 21 sheep farmers. So we're hoping the sheep farmers can catch up there. <laughs> Uh, just joking a little bit, but it, it is remarkable. Uh, oil seed and grain farming, of course, I guess you'd expect. Uh, um, horse farming, uh, seven of those qualified. Epiculture, um, fin fish farming and fish hatcheries, there were two. So you see the range has just been absolutely remarkable. And our, our staff has found that fascinating as people have called in and talked to them and asked for advice with filling out their applications uh, uh, they've commented just how it's interesting to, in some cases, they sort of get information about their personal stories. I'm sure that they do. And again, remember, one of the reasons why many farms are now involved in this second round of the Wisconsin Farm Support Program, the gross income from farming for 2019 has been lowered to at least $10,000, not more than $5 million. I'm, I'm guessing that that has inspired more folks to engage in the process too, Mr. Secretary. Well, absolutely. As a matter of fact, we learned something very important in, in uh, preparing for the second round and working with our friends at the Department of Agriculture is, you know, many farmers who have pretty sizable farms, um, you know, at times they just hit a particular year where their income just is not what they might expect. So people might think with uh, $10,000 in gross farm income that that's a pretty small farm. And in many cases, you know, people have maybe do have a little smaller farms might qualify, but in some cases it's just because of the particular year and uh, the crop didn't turn out like they liked or they happen to have a lot more uh, deductions. They might have had uh, weather losses, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been very interesting to hear the various stories, but this, this round, you're absolutely right. We've uh, lowered it down to uh, uh, $10,000, uh, up to $5 million, of course, and um, so that's allowing a lot of people to qualify. We also heard from people that they just missed the deadline. And, uh, of course, now having another week and a half till uh, uh, the 24th, I think, will help a lot of people this time to be prepared and have their application in. Absolutely. Oh, again, I want to remind you, online revenue.wi.gov or Department of Revenue staff are standing by at 608 266 2772 to answer your questions or fill out the application for you, with you, I should say, 608-266-2772. Talk to me about the workload on your staff, Mr. Secretary. You guys had a delayed deadline as far as uh, this year's taxes were concerned, and then this program in on top of that. How are they handling the workload? Well, it's a little bit easier on the second round just because, uh, for the most part, you know, the big volume of uh, tax filers is down. But that first round was a special challenge because uh, it was different. We're starting to pick up with uh, 
people that were sort of waiting to the end to file their taxes and and uh, with that moving the deadline from April 15th to July 15th, uh, many people didn't realize necessarily, but you know, for quarterly filers, that was moved back for two separate quarters. So our hands were especially full during that period. Uh, this time around, uh, of course, you know, we, we still have plenty of work to do, but it isn't quite as intense as it was last time around. And um, I think that our customer service uh, uh, staff has, you know, just taking those extra couple minutes to, you know, engage in conversations with the farmers to make sure that you know, they fully are aware of how they can fill this out so that they qualify. Absolutely. In case you're just joining us, we're visiting with Peter Barca. He's the Secretary of the Wisconsin Department of Revenue, who have been working in partnership with the Wisconsin Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection on the Wisconsin Farm Support Program. Open again until 1159 on August 24th for any farm that had not previously qualified. Remember the gross income from 2019 farming, now down to at least $10,000, not more than $5 million. And the application deadline again, 11.59 p.m. on August 24th. And then once the application process has completed, Secretary Barker, then let's talk a little bit about what happens after that. We had a little bit more than $8 million remaining that the governor wants all sent out the doors to Wisconsin farmers. When do we think that process is going to happen on round two? Oh, that will happen very quickly thereafter. You know, as you mentioned, Governor Evers has really encouraged us to uh, as he calls it, connect the dots, work between departments. So we'll be sitting down immediately with the Department of Agriculture. And it certainly has been a fascinating and wonderful partnership. They've been terrific to work with. And um, we've been able to uh, just have, you know, conversations really daily at this point. And uh, it'll be a matter of just a few days that we'll uh, analyze exactly how many applications uh, we have in the door and uh, we're qualifying them as day by day over the Department of Revenue. So uh, some are set aside because more information is needed. But uh, just a few days after we're through with that, that we'll be able to come up with the final number of how many we are able to, to qualify, and then we'll determine how much money that we can provide direct support to farmers. Last time around, as you know, well, no, Pam, we provided uh, uh, the maximum that was allowed under the program of $3,500 that went out uh, for just about 12,000 farmers in the state of Wisconsin. So, uh, as you indicated, we've got $9.4 million left in the money that Governor Evers allocated to help the farm community, and we're, we'll be very eager to get those, uh, get that money out the door. And we're, so we're anticipating that those checks should be in the accounts by probably mid-September at the latest? At the latest, absolutely. Excellent. Good news with Wisconsin Secretary of the Department of Revenue. That is Peter Bark. And again, I want to remind you, do not miss this window of opportunity. It closes at 11.59 p.m. on August 24th. You can apply online, revenue.wy.gov. Or if you don't have access to the Internet or you've got questions, the staff is standing by to answer. 608 266 2772 608 266 